Welcome, welcome, welcome. Yes. Uh, Shanna's our new DJ. <laughs> so funny. Let me see those hands. Oh my God. Miami. We're about to have a boxing match. Against friends. <laughs> In one corner, we have Shannon Ann found her new calling. <laughs> Yellow Excellence versus Lisa Marie T. Welcome to the playoff match. And the playoff yes. match. But not with you. <laughs> oh my god. Y'all told me to talk louder. I'll talk louder. Oh, how many cups of coffee have you had this morning? Only one. Only I was thinking that's, that's impressive. That's I need another one. I'm halfway through my morning. my first one right now. Jesus, I wish I had your energy. This but I so made funny. French toast with sourdough and manuka honey. Ooh. And really, it was only a tiny bit of honey, and I sweetened it with Sweet fruit drops, they're these Asian, or these Asian, they're Chinese medicine mm. drops. They're mm -hmm. from this fruit. They're a derivative of, um, it's like monk fruit in its purest form. Uh -huh. So I put that in my eggs and it made the eggs sweet. And then I soaked the sourdough, the fresh sourdough in it and it soaked it up and then mm -hmm. it made them sweet. And then I just drizzled a little manuka honey just for the, you know, the good bacterial things. Mm. Uh-huh. So good. Wait, what time did you wake up today? Eight. I wake up at eight just about every morning. No, oh, like your whole life, or is this just? Oh gosh, no, no. It's about when the anxiety started kicking in that I was like, okay, no. I'm up. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, actually, my entire life I had delayed sleep phase syndrome, which meant that I couldn't really fall asleep <laughs> until super late hours of the night or early morning. Like I got my best sleep around starting around four or 5 a.m. My circadian rhythm was off. It was on a different cycle. And then I would sleep till like noon perfectly sound. Wow. So that's actually why I didn't go to high school. That's why I went to college early. I took later classes, evening classes. That's why I went into nightlife and poker after college because I just, I could not operate on a normal sleeping rhythm. And then- hmm. Years of prayer, I guess, worked because all of a sudden I started sleeping perfectly sound at night. It was once I had, you know, I guess like more peace in my life. I was able to just go to bed perfectly sound, wake up perfectly sound. I don't take anything to help me sleep. I don't take anything to help me wake up except for like a cup of coffee. But yeah, it was something that I struggled with my entire life up until a few years ago. And then it just was gone. Totally. Wait, would you go to sleep? Like I, if would, you I would go to sleep at like four or five a.m. every night, uh -huh. and then I'd wake up at like noon, and I I couldn't operate on a normal schedule, and then all of a sudden it just overnight changed. That's weird. It's almost like your yeah, body now, just kind of reset. <clears throat> it was like now it's how it's supposed to be. I sleep from like midnight to eight ish. So. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I wake up at seven. Sometimes I go to bed at like one. You know, it's all just kind of like pretty stable. Ugh, I feel like I'm a baby about my seven and a half hours. Yeah. Like last night I went to sleep at midnight. I just couldn't fall asleep. 
And then I woke up, I had to wake up at like 6.30 because I did the 7 a.m. workout class, but I felt like death, but I was so proud of myself for going. (laughs) I don't know. I think it's better to get sleep than it is to sacrifice sleep and go work out because then your body doesn't burn the same way. Like sleep is the most important for a healthy weight and healthy cortisol levels and healthy hormones i'm really good about that like normally i'm like a strict go to bed at 11 p.m start getting into bed but just i don't know i've been doing this thing i feel really good today i've been doing this thing where i go to bed and i've been taking this stuff that has like melatonin in it and for some reason i'm waking up at like three or four o'clock in the morning with hunger pain and i'm like melatonin doesn't work for me I, apparently it doesn't work for me either because I'm getting mm-hmm. up and I never eat in the middle of the night, but I'm like super hungry. And I don't know. I think it's the change in my workout. I'm like doing more intense workouts. So maybe just my body is like trying to catch up and is not getting enough food or the nutrients that it needs. So I'm like waking up with hunger pain yeah. at three o'clock in the morning. So I'm standing naked in my fucking kitchen with chips and salsa you know, and Wait, do you live alone, Angela? You live with your mom, right? I have like it's a gen- it's a next generation home, so I have my own side of the house, and it's like separated by a door. So I have like it looks it's like a huge like it's a big house. It's forty two hundred square feet, and then there's like a thousand square feet just on my part of the house, which it's it's got its own laundry room bathroom kitchenette so it's like a mother's den yeah but nobody is home because my parents are off in korea until next year so it's just been like the last three nights where i've been waking up in the middle of the night okay can i share a little life hack with you because it's like my favorite thing yes please if it's gonna help me maybe maybe it may and it's also a little weird so it may not be for you but i Cause I'll wake up sometimes in the middle of the night with like the midnight munchies or like middle of the night munchies. But, um, so I actually did this when I was prepping for this like competition thing and I was on a really strict meal plan, but she would have me drink a cup of egg whites with like a splash of almond milk and like, Uh or it's like three quarters, three quarters, a cup of egg whites with a splash of almond milk and then, um, super green powder. Uh And so the egg whites, they actually metabolize in your body really slow. So it's a slow release. So then your body's actually using it all while it's sleeping at night because it's repairing everything. Oh. And it keeps you satiated for a longer period. And the egg whites have a similar component in it as turkey does, which I'm blanking on the, the name. The, what was L- it? L-tryptophan or L-theanine. Yeah, yeah. I think egg whites have a similar yeah. kind of compound in it where it kind of helps like sedate you a little bit and calms your system then you're just giving it all the little nutrients it needs interesting they're they're raw egg whites yeah uh to get pasteurized so if it's pasteurized you can get like a carton of pasteurized egg whites okay so the so the ones in the carton because i'll Mm -hmm. i'll straight crack an egg i don't even fucking care well i eat raw eggs i eat eggs that are unwashed unrefrigerated they're straight off a chicken Straight out of a chicken. Organic. I don't want a chicken just to have organic eggs. Mm-hmm. Like Dude, well, my, na- my neighbor had a little, little, uh, nobody, I was the only neighbor that knew because he was like, I don't think HOA would approve of this, but he had a little chicken coop <laughs> built on the, because it's a brand new neighborhood and he had like nine chickens. That's my okay, dream. That's excessive. that's excessive. I know. He had like I nine think chickens. like one chicken, you could probably get away with it. He had like nine chickens. <laughs> That's my dream. 
<laughs> Were they all like on the balcony or something? No, it was like it was like built on the side of the house. And his house is really nice too, but we like we have our our house and then we have like, you know, the empty sections on each side of the house and so he built it on one side of the house and he was like I'm like, but what if your rooster like you know, in the in the morning, it's like wh- what whatever noise that they make, they're cuckooing or cockying or whatever the fuck they do. And I'm like, how like how is he? How is it not waking up the night? I I wouldn't hear it. But I don't know that if his rooster, because he had one rooster, and and I think they're the ones that cry in the morning. Yeah. So it was just really weird because it's a very quiet neighborhood and it's brand new. <laughs> I'm like, how do you have like nine fucking chickens and nobody knows? He's like, you're the only neighbor that knows. Because I went over there and we're hanging out and stuff. So his poor wife is all pregnant, picking up chicken eggs and stuff. Aww. It was cute. but Dude, that's literally my dream. Oh my God, here we go. I want to have an egg in me, a fertilized egg in me, and unfertilized eggs coming out of the chicken so I can eat them. Okay. Okay. Like I want to be pregnant, eggs, and eat life goals. Why is that so difficult? That's what we've been doing for thousands of years, billions of years, whatever. Like all I want to do is have a baby and and eat chicken eggs. You're in the wrong city. I'm in the wrong generation. Like mid. Uh, if you go to like the Midwest, I'm in the wrong millennium. <laughs> You're just There's in the wrong people. state. People out there. Getting married at like nineteen or twenty still. Well, I don't want that. I just want to be married at thirty, <laughs> like oh not nineteen, but oh like thirty God. is a good age. <laughs> so, real quick, this episode is brought to you by Lady Saint Lucia Luxury Bean Lashes. <laughs> Lots of fun stuff going on, guys. I'm actually, you know what? I have a quick question. Um, what is like your staple must-have makeup item? Would you say mascara? Would you say uh, oh, blush? brow? It would be like a brow pen. Brow pen. Mm-hmm. Okay. What about you? If I don't wear anything else, I'll wear that. Really? Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm so all or nothing. Like either I do full face makeup or nothing at all. But, but what is like do, your like, what is like your main product that like if you had nothing else, like what is the one thing that you'd make sure you always have? I would want to make. I would want to keep. Mm. Maybe bronzer, bronzer, or eyeshadow, or mascara, or mascara. Those are my favorites. <laughs> so I'm actually thinking about bringing on a small collection of one item for the face, and this is going to kind of kick off the cosmetic end of it. But I'm thinking about launching like a highlighting and a bronzing kit. Yeah. Yeah. So that, and then there's a couple of ideas that I have for foundations that I'm really excited about. Like my partners that are coming into this are super excited about the concept that I've been working on because just visually it's, it's going to be very stimulating. Um, so I'm super, super, super excited because there's just so many things that like we're going to do. Um, Angela, can you post some of this on our Instagram page? I want to see but or is it still like hit like you need to keep it? It's um it's still like the idea is still in the works. So these are just ideas that I'm working on. But like once I start getting in the prototypes, I might do like some sneak peeks 
type of deal, but yeah, I'm so there's a few different items that we're thinking about starting with first. It could be lip gloss, it could be lipstick, it could be a line of um, a collection of eyeliners, you know, gel, pencil, ink, whatever. So we're going to start with one item and probably do a small variation in each collection of it. So I'm, re I'm really excited. Yeah. And what's cool is like <clears throat> my concept kind of dates back to like the European, like the 1600s European art. So it's like that gold ornate Louis the, you know, the 14th, 15th, and 16th type of, you know, like the Marie Antoinette type of, you know, concept. And back yeah. in a day, you know, they wore lead paint as their foundation. So I've got some fun concepts working on that too. So it's going to be, it's going to be pretty cool. Wait, do we have like a time to expect it to come out? Like, are you shooting for I'm a date to release it? Literally for the last like two, three years, I've been saying like, oh, next year, next year. But now that like I've got some investors lined up and I'm getting, you know, coming out of that slump of the pandemic hiatus, I'm l like, I'm a little bit more motivated to like get this really, really going. So I'm going to start sketching more, start putting together, um, you know, a lineup and things like that, just like visual lineups. And, you know, that I feel like that always gets people excited because it's one thing to like explain your ideas, but luckily I, yeah, it's so different actually seeing like a visualization of like your, you know, what you imagined and, and then being able to share that to your partner. So I'm pretty excited. Yeah. Wait, are you wearing that your luxury mink, the St. Louis? Lush. The Lucia lashes. No. Oh my gosh, Lisa! <laughs> pronounce it. We've been doing this podcast for two years. Ladies, Wait, are you wearing them right now? No, these are some ones that I'm sampling. Oh, okay. They look really good. Yeah, these are very low volume, very natural. So I, I'm gonna be. I've been talking about doing a neoclassic because you know how I have like the Baroque, the Baroque, the Rococo, and then I'm gonna do a neoclassic. And the neoclassic's mm -hmm. very simple, very light, very natural. Like you should wear it on the daily. Yeah, the day to day, just kind of very light, wispy. You look really pretty on you right now. Thank you. Like I really. That's what I said. I like. I do like them. I'm gonna see about getting some of these made because I and the bands are super super thin too. So that's pretty cool. But yeah, we'll get working Guys, on it. On a side note. Can I share this random business idea that I most likely will never follow through with, but it's kind of a fun idea. Wait, do you want to expose your idea for someone else to steal it? Yeah, that's fine. Cause I just like probably will never pursue this and I would feel like a pimp, but it's kind of a cool pimp idea. So, Hey, I, I have a pimp coming over today. Ooh, maybe we could brainstorm. He could be my business partner on this. <laughs> he's a former pimp, and he's going to share his testimony. We're going to record it. Wait, is this Nikki? Yeah. <laughs> I'm actually, I'm actually having him speak at my church tonight. Oh my former God. pimp. Yeah, they left me in charge of the service. <laughs> I'm bringing in a pimp. <laughs> That's amazing. I love yeah, that. Yeah, so if anyone wants to come to church, now is a good time. <laughs> Okay, it's gonna be fun. Back to my pseudo pimp business idea. Uh -huh. So it's based off the idea that did you know that bodybuilders have a black market 
for buying breast milk for $5 per ounce. Wait, what? Yeah. So women sell their breast milk for three to $5 an ounce. So if you have a six ounce pack of breast milk, you could sell that thing for $30 and guys will buy it. Bodybuilders will buy it on the breast milk black market. And I'm like, this is a whole business concept. Why do you think I'm trying to get pregnant? Oh, like you guys do business together. My grandma's freezer the other day, and she just had packs and packs of frozen breast milk. Your grandma? My sister-in-law. Oh, Oh. your grandma. I was like, damn, how old is this? (laughs) They don't care. They don't care. No, just kidding. I was like, actually, they say breast milk tastes really. So a friend of mine was telling me that breast milk actually. Yeah, it's like kind of sweet and vanilla. Yeah, I think I was telling you this. No, no, no. It was Morgan's sister. Oh. Yeah, it's interesting. Wait, have you drank it? Yeah. Wait, like a full cup of it? Yeah, I had some by itself, and then I had some for my coffee. Wow. Interesting. My friend's like, she's like, do you want almond milk, half and half, breast milk? I was in breast milk, obviously. (laughs) It's the most natural for humans, and yeah, it's organic, and yeah, of course. Wow. How was it? Was it good? Good. Are you kidding? I want to, I'm going to drink my own breast milk as soon as I have it. <laughs> Leave some for the baby. Yeah. I'm going to produce a lot. Shoot. My friend was telling me that I guess her boobs were getting too full and she wasn't able to breastfeed. So she needed to release because it was so painful. So she went into the side room and told her husband to start like sucking the milk out of it. But he like, she's like, you're not doing it right. He's like, oh, I'm not going to suck the milk out of it. And then she's like, yes, you're Oh my god! Like, that's just a whole new level of intimacy. I think that I don't. Yeah, know. that's don't know so fucking that. funny. Hey, <laughs> there are some people that are into that. So, um, so what what's your pimp idea to like get girls impregnated to sell their breast milk? Like, yeah, is this some type of human trafficking? Yeah, yeah and you could also put it because it burns five hundred calories a day. So it's like a fitness program slash make a little extra cash on the side. Right, like convince women to continue. I don't think it's legal. This is the black market, Shannon. Nothing on the black market is legal. Yeah, exactly. So, by the way, guys, this is actually not our topic today. Our topic is (laughs) our topic is about. Uh, emotional burdens between friendships and relationships. So, but also, we still need to do a follow up to last week's episode because I left early to go mm-hmm. to go meet, um, and it did not go as it as expected. We already knew that. Yeah, so it was a very quick conversation, and and he was very chill, very like, oh, we're all good, and I'm like, ah! and then it got cut short because other people got got there and got involved and I was just like okay well you should have just cool. texted him <laughs> no people deserve an in person so now I'm like but now I'm conflicted because now I have mixed feelings and I'm like wait I felt so strongly in that moment and now I'm like oh I love him <laughs> so we'll see time okay. will tell <clears throat> all right so Speaking of mans and women's, um, the topic today is really getting into your level of friendship and commitment to your friendships, I guess you could say. 
But the idea is to discuss the concept of emotional burdens, like people unloading their problems on you with little to no solutions. So an example is I've had a friend who I've known for a very, very long time, and she had drama, tons of drama with the ex and her children, um, her ex-husband and the children. And it was it, it got really exhausting because every day our conversation wouldn't be anything outside of her crying about her issues and drama with with this. And and as much as I've you know, emotionally invested into her because she was my friend, but it got super exhausting. Like I just sometimes didn't have the energy to really hear her venting because mentally I'm just not, you know, not there or <clears throat> I just kind of got tired of hearing the same thing. So I guess my question is, is at what point do you become that friend who just emotionally disconnects and just disconnects altogether or you stop paying attention to their crying or their bitching? Do you become a horrible friend because you stop wanting to sound like a broken record? At what point do you stop taking them unloading on you all the time with their emotional BS? Like, does that make you a shitty oh. friend if you say, you know what, I just really don't want to hear it anymore? Or what, what do you do? How long have you been friends with that person for? And did she show history of like doing that in the past? Or did it just feel like she was just in a really bad spot? No, she, she used to unload on anybody that would listen. And even prior to the divorce? Yeah. And it, it's not just even the divorce. It's about everything else. It's just everything else that's going. So... I don't even want to use the word vampire or energy. Uh, uh, what is it? Energy vampire? Because mm -hmm. she's she's not. It's just I think I got to a point where I was hearing about the same problems every day with her not wanting to face the solution. The solution was easy. So it's kind of like an example of you have the one friend. And I honestly, I don't know why people glorify this on fucking social media because I think it's the dumbest shit ever. But, you know, oh, I did that thing that my friends told me not to do. Ha ha, I went, you know, went back and crawled back to the guy that was blowing me off or the guy that I said I would never talk to again. Like, it's a repetitive thing. Like, you continue to repeat the things that you cry about the most, but you're not doing anything to stop it. You're not, the solution is simple. You know the answer, but you go to your friends crying because why? What are you looking for by crying about the same thing that you have the answers to? Does that make sense? Yeah. How, how long were you friends with her prior to that? Or was that like, was she always the same way your entire friendship? No, she, I've known her since she was, see, we went to, we went to church together. I've known her since she was like maybe 10, 11. And then we've known each other for a very was, long time. Did you actually enjoy her friendship prior to being this weird season of like Absolutely. being on a hamster wheel? Yeah. No, we got along great. 
Um, but it's not just her. It's just a lot of we, you know, I think it's just people in general. I see it on social media a lot. And I don't know why, again, people like to glorify this whole like, you know, this toxic red flag. I see memes and I get so annoyed and it's like, oh, I like my red flag tall, you know, at least six foot. Or I like my red flags with a nice car, like just something stupid. Mm -hmm. And it's like that kind of tells you what kind of person they are like that tells you that they're willingly throwing themselves in a toxic relationship with no solution for themselves but unloading their burden when shit hits the fan unloading that burden onto your friends after we do repeatedly tell you like don't be fucking dumb leave that guy alone leave that girl alone walk away from it and you continue to go back and do the same bullshit and sabotage yourself like at what point do you say you know what I'm done talking about this. I don't want to fucking hear about it. Because I have told this person, crying over the same thing, months after months after months, and I'm like, I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. I don't I don't fucking care anymore. I don't want to hear. Like, I know that makes me a shitty friend, but you're literally crying over a man who you do not exist to him. Like, this is a one-way relationship. Why do you not acknowledge that? So... Okay, I feel like this is where the psychology probably comes in mm -hmm. play because oftentimes, so I mean, even from personal experience, I am very aware of like, oh, I'm really subconsciously, consciously, subconsciously attracted to narcissistic men, um, which I have been healing from. But it's like my cognitive abilities of like a plus b equals c like don't date toxic men but emotionally there's a whole different situation going on that's not always connecting right so then you're like i can't stop touching the fire and people are like just stop touching the fire and but for some reason there was a programming in your head that was like fire is what shaped you fire is what <clears throat> gave you love, that you had to learn how to tolerate it, that you didn't know any better, right? So there's like the attachment issues oftentimes with people who are putting themselves in situations that like everybody knows on an obvious level, like this isn't a healthy choice, but for some reason their emotional state is going towards it and they feel stuck, right? Between what they know to be the right answer versus what their emotions are trapping them into and they don't know how to get out and they're almost like clinging to their friends because they're like i need to get out and they're like just get out why just stop touching the fire but obviously i think that's where the more professional help comes into play and i think like having boundaries of like hey this is a lot and i don't know how to help you in that space and it's just dragging me down oh i and don't i, I don't i don't tell them that i just tell them you're but I, I think that's like so for instance i know i can get fixated on my emotional tendencies that are going against what my cognition is aware of, right? And sometimes I'm like, why? Where is this coming from? And maybe I'll try to use friends as a form of trying to process through it. But I'm always aware. And that's like my own growth, right? Of like, hey, is this ever too much? Does this feel like too much? Because I get that. Like, I have some friends who go to me and they're like in that hamster wheel. And I'm like, honestly, uh, and it, depending on the level of friendship. So I have one friend who she went through a recent breakup and every time we hung out, it was like, all she did was always find a way to talk about the breakup. She would always connect it to her ex. And I was like, I get that that's the focus of your mind. And it's a lot to go through. They were in like a seven year relationship and they were pretty codependent. And so I'm like, yeah, that makes sense that you are having a hard time finding life outside of the breakup. 
because that consumed you like your whole world. But I, and I have compassion for that, but I'm also aware of my own limitations of like, Hey, I can only give so much, but I also didn't feel like we had the history of the friendship where I care to be in that position to walk her through it. So I did distance myself because I was like, I hope you do find people that are able to help support you. I just know that I'm in a season where that's not my place. That's nothing bad to you. It's just more of I'm recognizing my own limitations. But let's say it was a best friend who I've been with for like 10 or 15 years and she was going through a shitty season. Like even if it was all consuming, I would find like, okay, what what feels good for me? What's the amount that I can support her? Maybe it's a one hour phone call and I'm just going to mentally prepare myself of like, you're just going to dump on me and I'm going to do this for a season because I know this is the season you're in. And I trust that you'll do the same for me at some point as well. Or if it comes to a point of like, Hey, this is a lot, like I'm going to, you know, be a friend about that of like, Hey, I'm just not in a space where I can carry that right now. But like, you know, do you have other sources, maybe journaling or a therapist or like other forms that you can go to? Like, I want to make sure you're okay, but I also want to recognize like my own limitations. But that's, that's I think, but that's what I'm saying is like, they don't recognize their own limitations, right? So they're coming to you with their problems because essentially they maybe just need a vent or they just need someone to talk to. And, but continuously unloading your emotional problems on anybody it could be your family it could be your friend it could be a total fucking stranger um which none of us owes you anything in that in in that sense but you don't have a solution or you do have a solution there are solutions like you were saying like we're telling you don't touch the fire and you're like ooh, i i want the fire because just in that's just what the, the what your brain is telling you and i know there's outside not outside but other factors it could be that these guys you know were telling her like oh like kind of giving her false hopes and kind of leading her on and things like that but i know for a fact that the couple of relationships that she really 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 were invested in were literally one-way relationships like the guys would not even acknowledge her like it was you know, like, I don't want anything to do with you outside of when I want to hang out with you. Don't text me. Don't call me. If I don't call you back, don't get mad. Like, it was just one of those situations. And she, in her head, was a relationship. Like, oh, like, you know, I'm, it's, it got frustrating because it was the same thing over and over again. And she would cry over it. But you would think at some point you get so exhausted of what you're doing you get so exhausted of being in the same place. Like, wouldn't you think like, you know what? I need to do something where I need to change this, right? Instead of, again, going and dumping on your friends and crying over it with no solution to be found. Yeah. So then, of course, that made me the asshole because I'm like, I don't want to fucking hear it because I've told you multiple times and I'm literally your only friend that will listen to you at this point. You know, and I'm telling you, walk away from it, find a fucking hobby, go do something with yourself. You work fucking, you know, you work, I don't know, 12, 14, 16 hour days sometimes. How do you have the energy to worry about all this other bullshit? Like you have so much other stuff going on. Like how do you have time to fucking worry about that? And then still have the energy to unload. What are you expecting from me? 
There are times where you just want to vent. I totally understand that. But you have to kind of, and I have friends that, you know, that need a vent that are telling me about their work that need that tell me about, you know, um, what's going on with their bosses and, and just all the dumb shit that they're having to deal with. And I definitely am open to listening. And if it's a different drama, like I'm all about like work drama for other people. I'm just like, oh my God, tell me more. Like what happened? You know, that's, that's just funny shit because at the end of the day, it doesn't really, if they're telling me with the, with, you know, the intentions of just venting and being like, okay, cool. You know what? Tomorrow's a new day and I'm, I'm getting over it. I just need to share that with you. Cool. But if it's something that you're dwelling on and it's repetitive and you know there's a solution, you know there's ways to change this, but you're refusing to do it and you're just crying over it every day, like, don't you get fucking tired of that? I mean, it might be more, and I'm, I'm hearing you, but I, it might also be more similar to like an addiction too, right? So a person realizes like, hey, smoking's not good for me. I should just stop. Like, obviously, it's not that simple as making a decision to do something that you know is harmful for you. Um, so I think, like, I'm hearing you of, like, okay, if this is bothering you that much, just, like, find a way. But sometimes there is that rock bottom that people need to get to where they are in a hamster wheel of, like, continuing to act on things that they know are harmful to them. They say the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and wishing for a different outcome. And at some point, somebody is like, you're insane. Why, why do you keep putting yourself in these positions? Why do you keep doing this? Like, you know, the outcome, but yet that's exactly like the framework of addiction. And so, I mean, just from like a psychology standpoint, oftentimes like there can be attachment rooms of what they like these deep-seated subconscious beliefs about themselves. So maybe she had a one-way relationship. Maybe she had a narcissistic parent where it was all about them. So it was never about her. And so maybe that shaped her of like, this is what love is. Even though it doesn't feel good, this feels familiar. And this is all I know. This fits within the puzzle piece because I was shaped to believe that I don't matter. This person does. And then now I'm going to find these romantic relationships to either A, work it out somehow and hope that I I can heal those childhood wounds or B, um, you know, this just feels familiar. This is what I, this is what love was defined to me as when I was first in my pre-cognitive state of being, that this is what was communicated of what love is. And it's so deep seated that like, as much as you grow and you can learn things differently, if that programming is still at play and you don't learn how to heal that past, like belief systems about yourself, you're still gonna continue to find those puzzle pieces that kind of sh like fit within your, you know, cognitive headspace of what you believe. Mm -hmm. Does that, I don't know. What do you think? Like, do you feel like that's just an excuse or do you feel like? No, I think it's an excuse. I, I feel like everybody has a way of finding that solution. Like the other day when Shannon was like, you know what, this is what I'm going to do because I'm at my wit's end. And she she got tired of it. So she's like, I'm going to fucking go and figure this out. I'm going to go let him know what's up. Did it turn out the way that she had expected or wanted? Not exactly. But the fact that she had a solution and was making the moves to, to pursue that tells you that she's in a headspace where she's ready to move things around and look for that change because she's tired of being stuck in this rut of 
going through the same bullshit over and over and over and over and over again. So she found the solution to say, I'm going to go fucking talk to him. I'm going to let him know what's up. And yeah, it didn't turn out the way that that she had expected. And, and I guess we kind of knew that somewhat it would happen that way. But it's the fact that she really, you know, made the effort to move forward on that. So I'm, you know, I'm very proud that that you, um, you know, went ahead and took that stance to be like, fuck this. I'm going to I'm going to go fucking let them know what's up. But I, how you. did that make you feel, though? I was actually just listening to our previous previous episode and I just sound so distraught. You do. Recording. <laughs> you do. Every other word I said was like, and it was actually really annoying. So I'm sorry to everyone who listened to that because I, I was trying to think and I couldn't process my thoughts and my words. So I just filled in the word like every other word. And it's so annoying. So I'm sorry about that. But, wow, I feel like I've had a whole slew of emotions this last week Mm -hmm. since then. And it's odd because I think every time I come to a solution and try something new, it gets shaken up. And it's really, really hard to decipher what is best and what the best courses of action are because they're not just dependent on you, but they're dependent on other people as well. And that's hard for me because I like being in control. I like you having logical solutions to things and saying, Hey, this isn't working. So we're not going to do this and we're going to do this. But then, you know, so much other drama and emotions and things come in with the people that are around you and the people that you care about, and then it affects you. And it's hard to remove your emotions from your logic. It's hard enough as it is, but when there's other factors and other people involved, it's just really, really difficult. And I'm sensitive. I'm a sensitive girl, you know? And I'm kind of an idealist. I want everything to be good and happy and easy and it's just not always like that but how did it make you feel when that moment you're just like you know what I'm gonna go and tell him like this is what's gonna happen now like you had a moment where you were very committed to this action with conviction well, I did I I started the conversation and he apologized like I brought up one incident the most recent incident and I was like hey you said this Mm-hmm. And then you didn't mean it and you didn't communicate that. Right. And that affects me and that makes me feel bad. And he, it's like he had no idea. <laughs> He's like, I'm sorry. And didn't see it that way. And then I was like, oh, wow, this is going to be harder <laughs> to do than I thought because it just seemed that he was so unaware <laughs> Uh, and we're just so far, far considering apart who we're actually easy. talking about it's not too far off as how unaware sense. he is that's very <laughs> yeah. expected I, I would and say that's what I like about him I like that he's so free-spirited and you know go with the flow and just kind yeah, of yeah but at the same time that like, could kind of come off selfish too is like 
you know what I mean? Like to me, it's like, how, how did you not consider that? Like you asked this person to do something and then you completely were like, oh, did I ask you that? Like, come on, dude. Yeah, it's like, yeah, fucking head out of your ass. <laughs> At what point? But if this becomes a repetitive thing where he asks you, hey, do you want to? And then you're like, yeah. And then, you know, you circle back later and he's like, I never said that or I never asked you. or I, Like, what do you do at that point? Are you, do you, are you going to let it slide again or are you going to say, you know what? I've had enough of this. Like, I'm not fucking yeah, doing well, this with you. Yeah, next time I'm going to say no. <laughs> you're going like, to tell him no if he, do, if he does ask you to, yeah. to do something? Yeah, because it's like, I can't hold his words to be accountable. So. Okay, but what what if he what if he's like for sure like hey I I really want you to come like, do this. It? Yeah, like what if okay, but what if he says that he he'll prove it and then doesn't fall through and it happens again? Like what do you do then? No, the, the, I I wouldn't have fall I wouldn't have fallen for it that time. I would have I would be like okay sure dude and then like waited and see and then not expected it so did this happen this happened a couple times right yeah okay so after you know first time you know shame on you second time shame on me kind of a thing and then third time there's just just no a third time basically basically yeah i mean see this is you know there's other factors too like i know how i deserve to be treated and i treat people well and I don't expect anyone to be perfect at all. And they better not expect me to be perfect because I'm not. <laughs> but, you know, if there's a mutual respect and mutual love for someone, then it can work. And I don't know, relationships are just so difficult. And honestly, like, I just kind of want to separate myself from that because every time I'm in one, it just it hurts, really because of their issues it has nothing to do with me it's always their problem it's always yeah it usually is yeah typically is it is but again now this circles back to like to what extent do we take on those burdens as our own i mean if you're married then you're committed to take oh if you're married then yeah you're in it together but when you're just you know whether it's a relationship or a friendship or just you know then you're not. Then yeah. you have to focus on yourself first. Right. So does that make you a shitty person wanting to say, you know what, I don't I don't I don't have the energy because no. I've done I've done this to a friend another friend too where I was dealing with some shit and she was trying to unload on me on some other stuff and I legit went off on her was like, I don't have time for it because this was a repeated behavior of hers yeah you can't be a people pleaser yeah if you're doing that then that's your problem right and then you have to take accountability we got to a point in our relationship where she just was emotionally abusing her relationships and then physically assaulting other people at the same time um i got the i got the emotional part of the friendship um and her and i were good friends for a long time but she just had issues and there was drama she tried to come at me with some stuff that was completely irrelevant I didn't really even know what she was talking about at that time but I was dealing with some shit at that moment where I just was like you know what I'm not dealing with you I'm not I have shit going on I know I'm usually here to listen to your bs and talk it out with you but right now I don't fucking care 
I don't care. I'm sorry. And that kind of like broke our relationship because I wasn't willing to be her fucking punching bag anymore. You know, I wasn't willing to let her come at me with some BS problem that wasn't a problem. So when you're essentially a person creating non-existent issues and unloading on other people, you've got fucking issues. You're the problem. Yeah. You know? And, you know, like that saying says, you have to put on your own life jacket first. Mm -hmm. You can't help anyone unless you're helping yourself. It's not selfish to say, hey... I need some space. I need to step away. I can't deal with this. I need this. That's fine. Totally fine. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Better. You can't be a good friend unless you're coming from a place where you're filled up and you're operating out of abundance and overflow. I think having those boundaries is good. But when you get pushed to the extent where you're saying, you know what, I'm fucking done. Like you've, and it, and especially if you're the type of person where it takes a lot to piss you off or push you over the edge. Yeah. That's me. But it's, that's that. That's both of us. Yeah. We have a high tolerance. High tolerance for bullshit. Very patient. Yeah. But there are just very few stuff in these gray areas where it'll immediately trigger me and I'm done with it. Like it could honestly be the smallest thing because I think over time with my experience and being someone's doormat or that go-to person and always being shitted on and and people unloading, it's like, I can't, like my tolerance for certain things have gotten very, very slim. Whereas... I'm usually pretty tolerant and and very patient with what's and it takes a lot now for me to be like okay bite your fucking tongue like don't lose it just relax like it's getting harder and harder and harder every fucking time every time so at what point do you know what like I, I would like to know what's everyone's like breaking point you know yeah mine's pretty high yeah Pretty high. But I think that with that, you know, it brings, it opens up the opportunity for people to like really hurt, hurt you, hurt us. Because there are, there are a lot of people out there who are openly accepting of being there for other people. Of course, everybody wants to be there for their friends. But again, it goes back to boundaries. It goes back to, Mm -hmm. um, you know, what are you going to allow where, where where do you draw the line? You know, and I guess that's basically the basis of today's topic is where do you draw the line? When people are emotionally unloading on you, you know, that, that emotional burden, like where does that stop? Yeah. So that's just, you know, it's, I think this is a topic that everybody could really relate to. Um, I feel like everybody knows someone that is in that hamster wheel that cannot get off, that is repeatedly sabotaging their own, you know, themselves, um, crying without solutions, complaining without solutions, not willing to solve their own own problems, but running to other people to kind of like, I don't know, be that shoulder, which is great, but that shoulder is going to have to walk at some point, Yeah, you know? At some point, they're going to go, okay, I've had enough of this. This isn't going to, you know, it's like the boy who cried wolf, right? Yeah. It's 
like, if you're not doing anything about it, then stop. Right. And then I think that's where you have to implement tough love and just be like, hey, fucking figure it out. Mm -hmm. But stop coming to me. Because I've done that several times. And then people have respect for that, too. Yeah, but have you ever... And I would want someone to tell me that if I was dwelling on something over and over and over. I would want them to be like, Shannon, shut the fuck up and deal with it. (laughs) And then I'd probably be like, oh, yeah, you're right. Would there, would you ever turn to them to, and be like, you're a fucking horrible friend? Yeah, I tell people that if they're being a horrible friend. Yeah. I had, yeah. I, I was in a situation where this, I have one friend who, it, she could have known the guy for a week. She could have known the guy for two weeks. She could have known the guy for three days. If she starts seeing someone, he is automatically their boyfriend and the world would fucking fall apart if that didn't work out the slightest inconvenience like her just her world fell apart would cry I'd have to peel her off the floor that type of deal but if there was ever an instance where I was and this rarely happened where I was heartbroken you know what she would tell me get over it that was her it was okay if if it happened to her it was a fucking oh my god the world is just it's it's Maybe collapsing. that's what she needed to hear. Yeah. The world's collapsing rejected. over her. But the second anyone else had a problem with their relationship, she's like, oh, God, whatever. Get over it. Like, it, that was, like, her attitude towards everyone. Everyone else's problem. But her own, it was something else. Like, oh, my God. Why are you like this? Yeah. So there's just aspects of friendships that, you know, I think are a little bit harder to deal with it doesn't necessarily make that person a bad person but there are aspects of that person's characteristics that just kind of shows that they're maybe too selfish yeah you know either way both both ways like you can't unload on people and then not be willing to accept or you know for that to be reciprocated because then you're just being selfish like you're looking for a punching bag and people aren't your punching bags. Your friends are not your punching bags, you know? Yeah, and I mean, hopefully if you're doing that, enough people will stop being your friend until you realize, like, hey, I can't do this. I... But, you know, you know, you see those people who have a new best friend every, like, six months. Yeah, those are the ones. Those are the and ones that use that people, and then they kick them to the curb when they don't, you know, see them benefiting from that anymore. Well, and that's why it's so important to vet your friends and get to know like how long have they been friends with their friends mm-hmm. are, are all of their friends do all of their friends suck because maybe they're the problem do you just recycle through friends like you have a new best yeah. friend every three months yeah i you was ha- friends with this girl she has this instagram model and we used to hang out a couple years ago we hang out all the time and she was the most toxic friend ever like she was so bad and she had no long-term friends i was friends with her for like two years i was the longest friend she ever had jesus christ and everybody would tell me they're like how are you still friends with her? She's horrible. And I felt so bad for her and I wanted to help her and I wanted to like, and, and she was fun. You know, I liked hanging you out. You want to be Captain save Yeah, and it, it just doesn't work. No. So that friendship ended, right? Oh, yeah. She like flipped out and went off on me for no reason and everyone's like, yeah, she's fucking psycho. Like, what do you expect? And I was like, yeah, I guess. Oh, God. See... This is why we need, um, we all need therapy, I think. I think therapy is good. Speaking of therapy. God, I just, like, want no drama. I just, like, (laughs) 
Ugh. Of course. Our problems are always from other people. It's so stupid. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't cause problems to other people unless they're expecting something, like, out of me that I can't give them. Like, I know there's guys who are secretly in love with me and they try to friend zone me and think that they'll eventually get with me. And I'm probably causing them all kinds of problems in their head. But, like, I'm not doing anything. You're you know? not the problem. <laughs> exactly. It's like they're the problem. And they probably think, oh, my God, if she would just love me, my life would be great. <laughs> it's like, oh my God. no, I've made it clear that I'm not interested. So don't try to, friends, don't try to worm your way in as a friend. Right. Because I see through that shit. And it's only going to hurt them. There's no winning. No, no winning. Nobody, nobody gets out of this alive and winning we just can't win but yeah people suck that's the bottom line and uh earlier i was saying that everyone needs therapy and speaking of therapy where is lisa lisa did a silent exit yes she's gone so shannon you and i we can wrap up oh Oh. hello I am so sorry. Okay. Side note. There is this colon cleanse pill on Amazon that has like 20,000 reviews. It's four and a half stars. It like cleans your whole system out in like 20 days. What did, what did you take? But all that to say, I just like, you know, my colon's feeling good right now. (laughs) So I'm sorry. I was gone. I'm sorry. I was gone guys. That was TMI. TMI. But wow. I'm, no, I'm back. I'm back. Oh. Lisa and her refreshed colon. I know. We were just about to wrap up. I was listening. I was listening. I agree. Everyone needs therapy. Feel free to come find my. What do you charge therapy. an hour? I charge um two twenty. Is that hour. is that the normal going rate? In the Bay Area, yeah, I would say so. Yeah. But I go, I go down. Like some of my clients who've been with me for a while, I'll go down. Like, Is therapy covered by insurance? Some people, like if you have really good insurance, then yeah, potentially. Oh, so, so, I have so the people that have sucky insurance are just fucked. <laughs> yeah. We're just screwed. <laughs> like you're poor and you have bad insurance. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have insurance. No. I can't afford that shit. I know. I can't either. I can't afford myself. Honestly. <laughs> I've been looking for a therapist. I'm like, do you have sliding scale? <laughs> <laughs> I love I love that therapists have therapists. It's like a big vicious circle, but it's like a big supporting group too at the same time. Like that's pretty fucking awesome. Yeah. My old okay. my old co-host Mario will check in on me like every once in a while or he'll like respond to something I posted on Instagram stories to be like, I'm here if you need to talk. I'm like, shut the fuck up, Mario. <laughs> Always. He's been checking on me a lot lately. I don't know why, but he's been checking on me frequently. Maybe he senses something. Yeah, I don't feel like, well, I mean, yeah, what's not wrong with me, but I don't feel like I'm not in, like, immediate in need. So it's just, I don't know. It's just funny that he's been checking up on me, but... Anyways, guys, this wraps up our episode um, about emotional burdens between friendships and friends and family and all your relationships. My name is Angela, my co-hosts Lisa and Shannon. Guys, what is your Instagram handles or your social media? At Shannon CSW on all platforms. And Lisa Marie underscore underscore T. And yeah. 
All right, guys. Well, you know where to find us. Again, um, any questions, comments, feedbacks are much appreciated. If you'd like to join us on an episode, please let us know. But until next time, take care. Bye.